Anchored in Reaching is for curious people who want to explore the story that God is writing in history and who are looking for their own place in that story to find meaning and vibrancy in their life and vocation. I'm Kevin Manoya. Join me each week as we probe the edges of faith and living, always in relation to God who knows you best. For some, it'll be an opportunity to anchor yourself more securely in your faith. For others, it'll be motivation to reach out to engage more broadly. In either case, these conversations should encourage, enlighten, and challenge you. Hey everyone, I'm here in the virtual studio with Kevin Manoia. My name is Susanna. If you've been listening at all, you've heard us over the last several months talking about all things theology. And today we are diving into a conversation that is going to be relevant to everyone listening because it is about work. And all of us work, whether it's you going in and clocking for your nine to five, whether it's just the work you do around the house or the work that you do as a human being to stay healthy, to stay alive. All of our lives are encompassed in work. And so today we're going to be talking about meaningful work. And especially if you've been struggling with your day-to-day work life, if you feel like you're going in and your time spent at the office isn't meaningful, if you're looking for something more, um, if you're dreaming about what your future vocation can be, this episode is for you. Kevin, what do you have to say about work for us today? Well, thank you. That's a pretty big setup. Um, And I wish we had like two or three hours to talk about this. But in five or seven minutes, let me see if I can put some ideas on the table and then we can unpack them a little bit. Yeah, Because you're absolutely right, Susanna. This affects everybody. And there are so many people who at the end of the day, they come home exhausted or they're doing something that they just think is a waste or they're not making a contribution And they just feel as though there's no meaning in what they're doing. Um, And and that really is a fundamental need of every human being. I mean, there's there's a man by the name of Lester DeCoster who actually wrote a book called Work, colon, Finding Meaning in Life. I mean, Hmm. because we were built to work. God made us. And frankly, this episode really does pick up on, on the last episode of Servant leadership, because there we were talking about the formation of who we are. And in the discovery of our nature as a servant of God, the, the, the compelling vocational impetus within us is shaped that, that, is found, that finds expression in our daily work. So, so this one really does link, and, and, it's, and it affects everybody, because all of us are made to work. We find meaning in work. Uh, sometimes we find too much meaning in work, and we lose our sense of identity, and we begin to define ourselves in what I call performance-based identity, where we are defining who we are based upon what we do. And that's a trap that is very dangerous for us to fall into. But fundamentally, this idea of, the, of work and the meaning in work and meaningful work comes largely from this theological premise of the call of God. And it's what we might refer to as vocation or calling. I use those words interchangeably. One derives from the Greek, the other derives from the Latin. The, the vocation is 
the vocalization of God. Vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, having to do with the voice. It is the vocalization of God to you um, that, that he's, God is saying, if you will walk on a certain path that I have in mind, you're going to light up like a Christmas tree. Because I know how you've been made. I know what your gifts are. I know what your passion is. I know what your personality is. And if you just walk in this certain direction, all of those things are going to converge and you are going to be fulfilled. You're going to be, you're going to flourish in everything that I've envisioned for you to become. So God has made us and God knows what our passion is. God knows what our abilities are. God knows what our personality is. When those three things begin to converge, that is the trailhead of your vocation or your calling. Remember that calling comes from God. Behind every calling, there is a caller. Behind every vocation, there is a vocalist. That's a person. It's a very personal thing. It's not like nursing is calling me or business is calling me or I felt called to this position or this place. No, this is a voice that is calling you through an expression of your passion, your abilities, uh, and your personality. So, so a lot of times, though, um, we tend to assume that vocation, the value of what we do, the meaning of what we do is is defined by the outcome. And this is another misconception. First of all, one misconception is that that a vocation is just a career. Well, no, career is just a string of jobs in the same area. Vocation has to do with an intrinsic sense of compulsion or meaning or value or or an impetus that comes from within that God has put within us. How we how we invest that in our jobs or what I call deployments is another question. So. So remember, um, you know, the, the, the idea that calling it comes from God, not from a discipline or not from a position or title. The, the second misconception is that the value of our calling comes from the outcome. In other words, if I produce a lot, then I'm really valuable. So like Stephen Jobs, who changed the world by inventing the iPhone, is a very valuable person. Um, you know, Bill Gates, who changed computers and, and gave us a whole new world of operating, is very valuable because of their contribution, right? But, you know, somebody who hasn't had such an impact on the economy of the world isn't so valuable. So we tend to equate value and meaning to outcome and performance and activity. And I'd like for people to rethink that, that value and meaning in your vocation, or even in what you do, if it's aligned with your vocation, it doesn't come from the outcome. It comes from the caller, the vocalist, the one who has called you to do something. That's where the value comes from. And the meaning of what you do derives from the fact that the caller has asked you to do this. I mean, you know, if I were if I were to say I got a phone call from the White House, um, no matter who's in the White House at the time, I'm not getting political here, but I just say whoever's in the White House, if I got a call from the White House and the President of the United States said, Kevin, I want you to go to the McDonald's down the street on, on Route 66 and count the number of people that eat Big Macs on Tuesday afternoons between one and five. 
you know, and I told people about that, they'd probably think I'm crazy for doing it. They said, don't do that. What, what value is there in that? Nobody cares how many people eat Big Macs between one and five on Tuesday afternoon at that, at that McDonald's, right? Who cares? You think I'd go and do it? Absolutely, I'd go and do it. Hmm. Why? Not because I think the outcome of that survey is so important to the life of the world. No, I'd go and do it because of the one who called me to do it. So you see, value derives not from the outcome, but from the caller. And when, when people can capture the idea that vocation, work, is our calling, is the manifestation of our calling, or at the very least, it allows us the privilege of pursuing our calling, when we see that, now all of a sudden, it becomes meaningful because value comes from the one who called us to it. And we realize that this is a very personal thing coming from a very personal God. And all of a sudden it ignites things in us that says, this is important because God wants me to do these kinds of things. Now, in the case where you have a job that is not aligned with your vocation, Well, a lot of people complain about that. They say, well, I got to have a job that's aligned with my vocation. Well, guess what? Not everybody does. I mean, the Apostle Paul didn't have that. I mean, he was Mm -hmm. a businessman. He owned a chain of of tent stores, you know, kind of like Bass Pro Shops or REI or something (laughs) like that. I don't know. And he had a business going. Well, that business is what allowed him to be able to go on his missionary journeys. What was his vocation? It was being an apostle, a missionary, a sent one of God. But his job was to manage a chain, maybe a chain, I don't know, manage an operation, a a shop, a a business that made tents, right? So, So even if your job does not align with your vocation, it certainly makes it possible for you to pursue your vocation. So there's a lot of stuff here. Um, where does our call come from? It comes from a caller. What? Where do we derive value? We derive it from the caller. And and even if it isn't, even if our job isn't aligned, our job does give us the privilege of pursuing that vocation. There's meaning in what God calls us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a really important differentiation to make between calling and job, right? Because those aren't always the same thing. I remember when I was in early college and I was trying to figure out what to do with my life and um, some pastor at a conference that I wasn't even supposed to be at said, your primary call as a Christian is to love God and to love people. It's your primary call. And it set me free in a way because I was looking for God to show me the exact career path that I was supposed to be on thinking that that was synonymous with my vocation, my calling. But as I grew in my faith, grew in my understanding of this topic, I realized that we are so job focused in the West that that's what we make it all about. But if we zoom out and we consider the fact that there are people in different parts of the United States, in different countries, uh, just different economic settings that actually don't have the privilege to be able to choose what kind of job they're going to do, uh, it causes us mm -hmm. to think about this a little bit differently. So for example- Yeah, that's a really good observation. Yeah, keep going. I was going to ask you for an example. 
Yeah. So for example, um, I don't know if you've watched the movie Lion, but it's just the thing that comes to my mind right now. It's the story of a family in India. So this particular family, the mother, a single mother, what she did for a living was move rocks. That was her job, was to move rocks. She was a rock carrier. It was very much looked down upon as a, as a career because it was the lowest of the low economically in this position. But that was what she could do in her particular place, like physical place with her skill set, her education to take care of her family. So she didn't have the privilege of dreaming career wise beyond that. However, if you were to take that same person and they're processing what their vocation is, what God has invited them to do, I think the conversation tilts more toward who are you? Who has God created you to be? What is your talent? What is your skill set? What is your unique perspective? What are your passions? And then, as I've heard people say before, where do your passions and your skill sets intersect? And then that's where your vocation is coming out. So you might still be somebody who's moving rocks because you need to provide for your family, but maybe God has graced you with compassion. Maybe that's your your uh, skill set that he's given you. Maybe you're good at comforting people. So this woman, right, she could be compassionate and comforting to the people around her. And that's her living out her vocation, even in a career that doesn't necessarily align. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to set people free as through that differentiation as you're thinking through your job and your vocation. You need to start thinking about your passions, about the skill sets God has given you, and how you can live those out in the context of your current life. Because it's not just about switching jobs. It's about leaning into who God's called you to be in that context. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really well put, Susanna. Uh, calling has to do with who we are more than our deployment. I, I like to use the word deployment because mm. you know today we have a lot of people who are in military service. They may be soldiers, uh, whatever. Um, and they always talk about a deployment, a specific deployment for this period. And that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. You know, in my life, I've been deployed in multiple different places, but my calling has remained the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one, uh, and, and I'd love your take on this, but um, I had I had uh, one time I was taking a job actually with a national organization, the NAE. And I remember doing one of my earliest press conferences and, and a, and a, reporter stuck a mic in front of me and said, do you feel called to this job? And Hmm. before I realized what I was saying, I said, no, I don't, you know, and it was like (laughs) gasp in the room. I mean, you're taking this position, but you don't feel called to it. And and thankfully the Lord gave me wisdom to continue to speak. And I, and I said, my calling is much bigger than this job, but Hmm. through this job, I'm able to fulfill my calling right? This is in alignment with my calling. So, mm. so, um, separate, you're, you're so right to discriminate, to d- differentiate between job and, and vocation. So let me ask you, you know, you may have entertained various invitations to jobs, or you talk to people who get multiple invitations to jobs, and, or they may have an invitation to a particular job and they say, well, I, I, I'm not sure that God is calling me to that job, or I need to know whether God has called me to take this job, or, or you know, which one is God calling me to? It's almost like they conflate the idea of job and calling. I mean, how mm-hmm. do you address someone who's struggling 
with making a decision about a particular deployment and raising it to the level of calling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big question. But the initial thoughts that roll off of my head are one, of course, you should always seek God about the decisions that you make, because if he does have direction for you, he will show you when you ask him. So I have learned that God is not trying to trick us. I think there was a time where I was like, God's not showing me which direction to go. Why is he hiding this from me? And I have now come to believe that it's because he didn't have a specific direction for me to go. He wanted me to choose. If you are seeking God for direction and he is not giving you a very clear direction, I personally believe it's because he is saying choose. You know, he said to Adam and Eve, eat freely from the trees of the garden except for this one. So I think there is a biblical precedent for humans' free will and our decision making. Sometimes the Holy Spirit still directs you in a particular direction, right? So of course, first seek God. But if you're in a situation where you're just feeling like you don't know, I would say get practical. Like a lot of it has to come down to your personality, again, your skill sets, your passions, and whether they're going to be a good fit in that place. Um, so that's one thing. And I've learned a lot about that different personality tests, different things. Where am I actually going to thrive? But yeah, I mean, I've come to be more hesitant in the way that I apply the word calling as I have grown in my process with this. I went to Fuller Theological Seminary and we spent a lot of time talking about calling. You know, we would write out purpose statements. I feel called to be this kind of person. It was very, very helpful. But I've noticed, especially in ministry, there's this pressure that's placed on people. Do you feel called to this particular church? Do you feel called to this particular nonprofit? We want to be completely all in with our calling. You know, if God has you here, then good. But are you sure God's called you here? And I feel like that just puts so much pressure on people when sometimes we're just faithfully moving forward day by day, trying to be referenced to last episode people who serve, right? Trying to be servants of God. Sometimes being a servant of God means he has you in a position that isn't necessarily like all sunshine and roses. I'm in my calling, right? So I, I guess I've been really, um, I use that word with caution because I want people to have freedom to live out that intersection of their passion and their talents and also their assignment. And sometimes mm -hmm. that isn't all just lined up to look like something. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Absolutely. It makes sense. And I concur. That's why I think, you know, trying to make this differentiation between job, career and calling is very important. You know, job mm -hmm. is a deployment, career is a series of deployments all in the same direction, and a vocation is that intrinsic sense of what I was created to be and to do and mm -hmm. where I flourish most. And that's why I say God knows how he has created us. He's given us passion. He's given us ability. He's given us personality. And, and when those things all converge, that's the trailhead of calling. And when we pursue anything that is in alignment with that, mm -hmm. that's gonna, we're going to have meaning in our work. You know? yes. and, and you're right. Your, your phrase that stands out is, folks, get practical. You know, mm -hmm. Because I don't know, there aren't many times in Scripture when God gave specific direction to people to go a certain place. I mean, clearly Jonah and Paul in the Macedonian call. But beyond that, it was a call more to a trajectory of their life mm -hmm. and a condition of their life. 
So if the trajectory of our life and the condition of our life are in alignment and in the direction of God, then I think God sort of stands back and says, use your brains, you know, look around and make a decision and do what you want to do. I've got confidence that tra- tra- that the trajectory of your life is right. The condition of your life is right. Now you choose. What do you want to do? And what makes sense to you? Um, I think that's the kind of partnership that God wants. Because when I simply say, God called me to this position, well, what happens if it goes south? What happens mm-hmm. if now all of a sudden I get a pink slip or I know, I don't know if they use pink slips anymore, but that <laughs> means what happens if I get fired? Does mm-hmm. that somehow mean that I miss God's calling? I feel guilty on that. Or I start getting angry at the person or the organization that fired me because they're going against God's will. Well, wait a minute. You know, that's a little bit harsh and that's a little mm-hmm. bit uh, arrogant, frankly. So Uh, a really good important step to realize we're in partnership with God in, in fulfilling our calling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, you know, just on my heart to even speak to the pastors out there because your calling is not just to be a pastor. Like that is something that you are doing vocationally. That's helping you live out your calling, but your calling is bigger than that, right? You are somebody who's probably gifted with loving people. Someone who's probably gifted with articulating the message of the good news. You're a translator of the gospel. You're all of these things. And there will come a time where you're not pastoring your congregation anymore for whatever reason, most likely. Um, Maybe you retire, maybe you step into something different. Maybe financially you have to be bivocational like Paul. And I think being able to, like you did when you were asked that interview question, look above. And this is just a way that I'm living out my calling, but it's not the end all be all of who I am helps us to properly separate our identity from our work. And you know, properly apply our identity to our work, our work because again we're living out our identity in that context. So it does shield you from disappointment in a way because God is going to have different assignments for you throughout your life. I heard a story today of a group of people who were so passionate about a project that they felt like God had invited them into. They were spending their time and their resources on this store that they were going to open. And after years and years of working toward this goal, it burned down in a fire before they could even open it. And now they're going through the process of, you know, was I not called to this? Was I called to this? Like, what? (laughs) Um, And the reality is, is that sometimes we're in those situations in life. But if we can differentiate, again, the, the dreams that we feel like we have vocationally and who we are and how we can continue to live out that call, I think it'll be really helpful for us on a practical level and on a longevity level as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's very well said. And and with your permission, I'm going to wrap this up because that's a really good way to end, Susanna, is a message of freedom and uh, kind of emancipation from the, from the shackles of, of guilt that often can come when somehow we, we misconstrue what the call of God is. Uh, meaning comes from a deep calling from God in our lives to be certain kinds of people and the deployments that come after that, man, those are just opportunities to, to get excited and to live that out. Uh, so please, please be free, uh, if you're struggling with that. And of course, um, 
As we always say on this podcast, we want to hear from you. And, and if you've got a story, we'd love to hear about that. Um, write us at podcast at anchoredandreaching.com. I'd like to encourage you, maybe in the wake of this conversation, to think about a couple of things related to this idea of where your call comes from and identifying that calling. Because a lot of people say, well, I don't know what my calling is. How do I find that? Can I just suggest that you reflect personally or even talk in your small group? Uh, Ask the question, what are you good at? Secondly, what are you passionate about? And thirdly, where does your personality fit? When I sit down and I think about what am I good at, you know, uh, what am I passionate about and where does my personality fit? All of a sudden, those become little crumbs on a trail of discovering the vocational, the calling of God in my life. And then once I discover that, I can start making decisions about my deployments much, much more wisely, uh, much more informed. So take some time, think about those questions and uh, write us uh, if you've got a thought, a story uh, at podcast at anchoredandreaching.com. And we're going to look forward to having you join us in the final uh, episode of this series on Masterful Living. Suzanne, anything final to say? No. Okay. (laughs) Everybody go live out your identities in your place of work. (laughs) That is actually, that is my final thought is just if you're in a position right now where you're really dragging your feet and not feeling like you're in the right place practically, maybe you're not, but in the meantime, Go be who God has called you to be in that space, because I promise you it is making a difference just by you, as cliche as it sounds, living out that identity there. So don't don't dim yourself because you're not inspired by your work. Go be the fullness of who you are there until you transition. Great statement. God bless you all. Look forward to having you join us next episode. Bye. Later. Let me encourage you to keep leaning into the wonderful adventure of becoming all that God has envisioned for you to be. Anchoring yourself in a secure identity, you reach with confidence to engage with people and daily life all around you. Allow your curiosity to explore and find God in the edges. Please take time to share this podcast with all your friends and invite them to join me in upcoming weeks as we explore together this exhilarating journey of being anchored and reaching.